Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody. It's Sunday morning, and it is a great day in the Northwest. And this show that you're about to listen to is 12 years in the making, more or less. And uh, by the way, my name is Kevin McDonald, and Martha is off today. This is the final Sunday of the month. And so this is Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. That would be me. And uh, I have some special guests today. We're going to talk about uh, all things about unsung heroes, Principally, we're going to be talking about Metro bus drivers. That's that, that's right. So if you want to talk about Metro bus drivers, you certainly can by giving us a call, but we'll do that a little bit later. First of all, I'd like to introduce, of course, the gentleman that is here and makes us sound so good all the time. And that's Nathan. 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 Uh-oh. I, <laughs> I almost I, had I, to put it out on you. <laughs> I'm starting out already. Nathan, good morning, Kevin. I am doing well. Happy Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving and post-Thanksgiving to you. Did you have a good time? It was interesting this year. I mean, got to say, only three people at the table and eating a chicken instead of a turkey. So, but for yeah. the most part, we had everything else that you would expect. You know, mashed potatoes, stuffing, pumpkin pie. It was all there. Yeah, I did the uh, um, the Gospel According to Rocky. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. Uh, the gospel according to Rocky is that uh, Adrian uh, Polly takes the uh, turkey out of the oven and throws it into the backyard, and because he wants Adrian to go out on a date with Rocky, and so they they leave, and and Adrian says, "But Rocky, it's Thanksgiving," and Rocky says, "Well, I don't know about you, but to me, it's Thursday." <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Thanksgiving is always a Thursday. (laughs) That's right. And so that was Thursday for me, and I had fish sticks for dinner, and I was COVID-free and staying home. So... It was uh, it was a good good time had uh, just just hanging out so that's that, that's fun so let's first of all let's talk a little bit first of all I want to introduce a gentleman that um, I really I haven't met face to face yet but uh, we become um, um, good friends in this in from the standpoint of he is a, an exceptional writer and a little bit later in this hour you're going to we're going to world premiere a uh, uh story that he wrote and uh, it's going to it'll be just awesome we're going to do that about 9:45 so don't miss that that's Eric Hall is right there Eric how are you good, good morning guys i'm doing well how are you guys we're good and it is a uh, um you are a metro bus driver you've been doing that for three years so you're going to hang out with me and we're going to talk about metro bus driving and uh, all the things that go along with it and one of i'm those- looking forward to it because there's so many good subjects around this oh there are and i'd like to you know honor the bus drivers because they are the unsung hero they they drive a bus they don't really get the chance to say who gets on the bus and who gets off the bus they just get to drive the bus and it can it's there's a a whole lot to it and uh we're going to get into a lot of it we've got 
The interim manager, uh, Terry White, is going to be here. We've got the uh, operator of the year, Penny Scott's going to be here. We've got the singing bus driver is going to be here, and we've got a lot of stories, and we'll also be taking your calls. But before we do that, we always have to talk about the weather. And uh, Nathan, what's the weather going to be like this uh, this week? Hold on one second here. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get all this fog out of here so I can see you from across the the sound here. It's foggy down here. Is it foggy where you are? It It is very foggy, like a pea soup. I can not even see any of the traffic lights that are on Factoria Boulevard here. Oh, wow. And and for those that don't know where KKNW is, it's on the fifth floor of a beautiful building in Factoria. And it's right there on the corner of I-5 and 405. Uh, and no, excuse me, not I-5, but uh, I-90 and 405. And so you can see on a clear day, you can see forever. Apparently today is not that. Yeah, but thankfully that patchy fog is expected to stay around until probably noontime. But after that, it should all lift or burn off and will turn into a mostly sunny day, a little bit below 50 degrees, but still uh, pretty pleasant with that sunshine, sun shining on you, help you warm up a bit. And some rain overnight, but that's only temporary. It'll go away around noontime on Monday for basically a partly sunny day. Partly sunny days throughout the remainder of the week. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Not awesome. Bad. Not bad. Now, I asked you to look up uh, the great Seattle snowstorm of November 2010. Um, did you, and you looked that up, right? I did. I have an article here from time.com. And I was I was fortunate enough to drive a bus that day, and I want to tell that story if I could. Um, it it was well. First of all, what's the article say? Did it, did it say that it was as nasty as I thought it was? Well, there are definitely fatalities from it. At least three people uh, died. From this is a article from that day, November twenty third, two thousand ten. So more stuff afterwards happening, but. As far as when a day happened, you know, at least three people died. School was closed, airports were shut down, and it was really tough to get around. It really was. And I, um, and the life of a bus driver is really unique. And Eric, you, you can appreciate this because um, at that time I was doing what was called a dual tripper. And what that means is, is I drive in the morning and I also drive in the afternoon. I just want to say real quick before you get into that, it was only two and a half inches of snow. I know. And they they were, the the, the national media was saying, oh, what a bunch of wimps. Two two inches of snow, two and a half inches, and and it shut down the entire city. But I'll tell you why it shut down the entire city. Um, Well, first of all, I went to work at, at, I was scheduled to report at 3.05, People always laugh at me when they say, when I say, what time do you got to go to work? Well, I got to be there at 3.05 because everybody's, everybody's time is a little bit different. And uh, so it staggers throughout the day. And uh, if you are 59 at that time, if you're 59 seconds late, you get written up and you lose your work for the day. So it was really important for me to get there by 3.05, which I did. And uh, as I was leaving my car, the last thing I remember hearing, I listened to Como because they've got traffic reports and I need to get to work on time, as I just said. And so uh, um, Como, then the weather came on and they said, you know, it looks like there's some sort of convergence zones setting up and then i then i left and it started to snow a little bit now now nathan uh can you describe what a convergence zone is it's basically when all the weather combines into one 
into one. So you get winds from the north pushing in weather from that area. You get winds from the south. And then when we had the smoke, even we had some winds from the east. But typically it's just winds coming from the north end of the sound, from the south end of the sound, and pushing together and all combining into one for a big uh, weather cell. Yes, and that's that's exactly what happened that afternoon. Because when I went to work, pavement was dry and it was not snowing. But but as I got out of my car and started going in, I saw flakes coming, starting to come down. By the time, so I I signed in, and then we go and we do what's called a pre-trip inspection of our bus to make sure that it's it's safe to drive and we're all set and ready to go. And it starts snowing harder and harder, and harder and uh um and so i get get on the road and i'm going downtown seattle all i've got to do today is go downtown uh pick up people downtown their commuters that that uh, live in federal way and then drive them i think it was a 177 at that time but uh, and then i go to uh um, federal way and drop people off and then i go back to the base they should be there, there by 5 36 o'clock uh, so it's it's pretty easy to to do all that, <clears throat> except for that day. So I go downtown and uh, everything is clogged up. It's it's a mess. Seneca's a mess, and I'm supposed to go up Seneca to, to go up uh, of Fourth Avenue so that I can uh, go to my layover and then and then start. So it took me an hour longer than normal to get there. So I got downtown. I was an hour late. For those of you that have been in a snowstorm and have been waiting for a metro bus, you know what that hour feels like. Um, so it took me an hour to uh, get ready to uh, make my run. And I g- would go down uh, 2nd Avenue and pick people up and pick people up, get on um, I-5, go southbound, get in the carpool lane. I'm in Federal Way for fairly quickly. And then uh, um, and then we're done. Well, in this particular case, it's it was snowing, and it was snowing worse and worse, and it was getting colder. It was about 30-something degrees when we started, but because of the conversion zone, it dropped into the 20s. And it was windy, and it was, it was not just breezy. It was really windy. And so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can make it through the uh, S-curves and, and, and through the... Uh, um, Oh, what's it? What's it called? The uh, 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 oh, the Duwamish curves, which the Duwamish curves. For those of you that haven't really looked at it, th- that is um, the freeway is in the air, so that it tends to get cold and freeze pretty fast. Well, before I was able to get past the Duwamish curves, the traffic started slowing and slowing and stopped and everybody on the bus i had probably 45 people on the bus at the time and everybody was like "Uh uh-oh and we would just assume that we were going to be there for a few moments but unfortunately um i-5 southbound was frozen solid and so trucks uh, semi trucks were spinning out of control and so they ended up having to shut down i-5 this is what we were talking about with the uh um um, with the newspaper report that uh, I-5 was shut down completely for nine hours. <sighs> now, remember, these four poor folks had just gotten off of work. They'd been working all day and they wanted to go home. Well, we sat there 
and we sat there. And this particular bus was an older bus. And uh, Eric, I don't know if you've even driven one of these, but when you are just sitting there idling, the heater doesn't work very well. So, oh, the bus, no. so the bus was sitting there at 50 degrees and everybody had their coats on and, and stuff. And, and we were sitting there oh. and sitting there. And I, and I just had passed the exit to Martin Luther King. So I couldn't get off the freeway. And there were five lanes of traffic as far as the eye can see. And nobody was moving anywhere. And we were all just stopped. And uh, um, so for hours. We were just stopped. And, and it was interesting because, you know, the, the human dynamic, when people are just sitting there and they can't do anything, they start talking to strangers. And so people started communicating and they started talking about stuff and they were having a good time. And then about 11 o'clock in the evening, a gentleman comes up to me and uh, he says, um, you know, we've been here for a while now. And it, the bus is going to get really messy if we don't figure out a way to get these people a potty break. And I was like, oh, my goodness. See, now, as a bus driver, there are certain things that you learn to do, one of which is you, don't, you learn not to drink a lot of water before you're going on a run or to have something to eat that might upset your stomach because you don't want to have to have an emergency bathroom break. Um, but unfortunately, and so while I was taking care of myself, a lot of people needed to use the restroom. So I don't, so we had a, a dilemma. How were we going to do this? <laughs> and we were in, I was in the, the, uh, carpool lane. So it was right to the left side of the freeway. And there was a barrier right next to that. And then, uh, northbound I-5 was on the other side of the barrier. And so I, we, decided that uh, along with this gentleman and some other folks, we decided that we were going to go outside in shifts and uh, the, the men, could, the ladies could go first and then the men could go. And then we would do, you know, like a dozen people at a time so that they could uh, um, do what nature called them to do so that they could get back on the bus. And so that's what they did. And it was amazing how much friendlier they were after they all went outside and peed together. They, it was it became a really nice uh, evening for the bus because we still after 11 o'clock, um, we did, did not start moving until 2 a.m. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. That's 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 when they because they tried sanding it. That didn't work. They tried putting uh, um, um, some some uh, sort of uh, 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 de-icer on it and that didn't work. It just refroze. And so by the time I got, we got going, it was, it was two o'clock in the morning. I dropped my last person off in federal way at three 30 in the morning. Um, and these poor people were, were really ready to go home and I don't blame them. And then I had to drive back to the bus. And the interesting thing was because I had a dual tripper, my next trip was supposed to start in an hour and a half when I got back to the, and started like five 30. And so I said, Nope. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to stay. So that's, but that, that is uh, one of my stories as a bus driver that the, uh, one of the ones I can tell that, uh, but <laughs> those, those things happen to us as bus drivers all the time. And I know that um, Eric, you are developing some stories as well. Yes. You know, there's so much to see from that driver's seat. It's uh, it's absolutely fascinating. 
because you get people from all walks of life, stages of life, people from all over the world. They're doing what they can and what they have to do to get by. And we get a view of all that. So there are endless stories, endless situations that we get to view. It's well, fantastic. I was, I was, I'm excited because you are a writer. And when you, when you write, you uh, talk about uh, a very, you're an observational writer is what I would call it. And so you, you look at what, what's happening around you and then you are able to, to fill it in and make it really colorful. And matter of fact, for those that are just tuning in, we're going to uh, play your, your brand new world premiere um, um, audio story that we're going to do here at about 945. Uh, but but first, we have got a gentleman on the line that you you have asked, and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and Nathan, why don't we go ahead and take a break so we have a little bit more time with uh, Wallet to talk uh, about. Uh, this his, is a treat. This it, is a treat. I got to ride with Wallet once, and he's amazing. He comes up with stuff as you're driving down the street and drops you off at the stop. You can't miss this. Come back and listen. to Awesome. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the day. And remember, uh, Martha vets all of the advertisers that are on the show. So please stay tuned and listen to them. And we're going to come back and talk with uh, Wallet Underwood right after we get done with this break. So please stay with us. You're listening to Positive Talk on KKNW. And welcome back to uh, Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. This is the last Sunday of the month. Normally, it's Martha Norwalk's Animal World, but she takes the last Sunday off and lets me come and play. And I'm here with, we're going to have today a group of bus drivers, and we're going to honor, basically, we're honoring the art form. And I consider it an art form of being a bus driver. And uh, it's it can be a wonderful gig. It can be difficult, but it's, it is it can be a really, really fun gig if you know how to do it right. And we've got a guy on the phone who does it just right. And uh, Eric, you, I haven't had a chance to work with Volod, but you have. So uh, uh, tell us about it. I have. And, you know, they talked about Wallet in my training class. They said, there's a guy out there that sings to the writers. And I thought, well, that's fantastic because everybody loves music. And I was lucky enough to take his bus one day. Uh, Wallet, I don't know if you recall this, but I was riding back from downtown Seattle and you dropped me off by at Royal Brom there by the stations. And what's cool about Wallet, and I, I watched the writers about this too, is that he will sing about the next stop coming up. And he comes up with these great songs and people are entertained by this. You know, they're interactive. Uh, Kevin, you talked about how the writers... Uh, got closer after they stepped outside with nature call. Uh, while it has the ability to bring people onto the bus and give them an experience, which uh, not many of us have the ability, ability to do. You know, this is taking what we do to the next level and giving our riders a positive experience and a, uh, a wonderful view of uh, the people that they're sharing the bus with that otherwise we may not get get. Hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So this is why when you mentioned about the show, I wanted to talk to Wallet so badly. And Wallet, I'm curious, how did you come up with the idea of singing out the bus stops? How did how did this start? Well, I, uh, I actually started in 1988. Oof. And back then, 
they didn't have the announcements that they have right now. So, I mean, I just started talking over the mic. And, it, you know, it was, <laughs> it's crazy because, I mean, stuff just pops in my head. I mean, I'm, I'm an old school type guy, and I love music. So, I mean, everything, there's a lot of old school stuff in my head. So when I uh, drive, it's pretty much stuff that's in my head. Let's say, for instance, get, give, me a, give me a route, Eric, any one of the routes out there. Uh, let's, let's say uh, number five, 521. All right, route, route number five and 21. All right, so we're starting at Shoreline Community College. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard flight 005 from the SCC to the CBD. My, my duty is to get you to your destination as quickly and safely as possible without hurt, harm, or danger. Turbulence along the way is our theme for the day. There's going to be plenty of turbulence along the way and deluxe apartments in the sky. Two things you can't deny. So we're driving down. Uh, one of my first stops is 137. I say so your first glimpse of heaven is at 137. Next stop is 134. I go, who could it be knocking at my door? Go away. Don't come around here no more. Let's see who's knocking at the door at 134. Let's see. After that, we can get them down to anything with a zero, nine zero, one two zero. It's a uh, superheroes. So at 50th, I get the 50th, and I say, they say you're over the hill once you hit the big five zero, but I call you superheroes. Nifty 50. And as we're going around the corner and we come up to 46, I start singing, if you ever plan to mow the west, travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. Get your kicks on Route 66. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're not on Route 66, and you can't get your kicks. But if you're looking for a fix, get off at 46. Because if you get off at 46, you can hook up with the 44. The 44 will take you to the University of Washington Medical Center, where you can get some healing, some hands-on healing, and you'll be whole again. It also takes you to the Ballard Locks. It looks like it's going to be a BEA beautiful day to be at the Ballot Locks. And also, it'll get you to the UW. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 Who let the dogs out? Uh, See, all this for 275. Huh? All this for huh? 275. You need to charge extra for that. A what? <laughs> did, you, did you ever put out a tip jar? Uh, you know what? Metro won't allow us to, but. Uh, I've had people wanting to give me money. Like, oh, man, you should, where's your tip jar? I said, just throw it in the trash can. Said, oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, you, you get people that they, I mean, they got, they got ways of, you know, slipping you money and stuff. Somebody shook my hand one day and I'm like, oh, it's like, yeah. I'm like, thank you. I'm like, oh, okay. And I put it in my pocket. I'm like, that's only a dollar. And I was going to put it in the fair box. I'm like, oh, dang, it's a $20 bill. I'm like, oh, man, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh well, no cameras on the bus now. <laughs> <laughs> look what look looky yeah. what I found. Look what I found. But yeah, I uh, I I started out by my first route was uh, when I came back. So I took a I took a twenty five year absence. I finished. I used to be a professional boxer. Did that a for boxer? Years. Yes. Wow. Welterweight. Pacific wow. Northwest welterweight champion. Man, and you I, are a multi multi faceted yeah. dude. When when yeah, were you boxing? Yeah. Uh, from nineteen seventy seven to two thousand and fifteen. No, wow, nineteen ninety six. Where where did you train out of? Uh, first, I was in Ohio. I, I'm I'm here from Ohio. 
And then I came here and I trained out of Hillman City Gym. Bob Jarvis was the owner of the gym, and my trainer and manager was Joe West. Yep, I, I worked with Joe Toro down at uh, the Seventh uh, uh, and Union. Gym. Eagles. Yep. Oh, at the Eagles? No, it's yep. not Eagles. Seventh and Union. Hmm. Yeah, that was the Eagles back then. Now it's now it's uh, oh. it's it's all it's all gone. But uh, that's a, that yeah. that's a, that's incredible. Um, what what decided you to become a bus driver in the first place? Well, that's interesting. I was ten years old, and. Actually, before I was 10 years, we had this one bus driver. We used to ride with him all the time, Mr. Roy. Drove the number seven up Hillman Street back home. And we, me and my brothers, we would ride the bus just to see where it goes. You know, because you want to learn things and get around. And so when I was 10, I had a dream about driving this big bus. I'm driving down the road, you know, people waving at me. I'm waving at people. Hey, you know. And... The, the instructor said, keep your eyes on the road. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So I see somebody else waving, and by the time I turned forward, there was a car stopping in front of me, and I slammed oh. on the brakes, and I woke up. I said, hey, I think I'm going to be a bus driver. Oh, it took some years later. It took 17 years after that to become a bus driver. But I, I drove, I started at school bus back home. Uh, I drove maybe a half a year of school bus. I, I, didn't, I wasn't really interested in that. So by the time I joined the military and Got out of the military and I moved to Seattle and I came here and the first job I got was uh working down on Occidental as a salad maker. Salad maker. And I, I mean, I, I did all kind of stuff. I, I mean, I, I worked at a tailor's factory or I was doing piecework and the guy told me, well, you know, you move a little too slow. You'll probably be better over at McPherson's. You know, they do leather. They have to go real slow with their leather. I'm like, oh, okay. So I didn't ever make to McPherson's. Instead, I joined Metro, and that's how everything went. That's amazing. So in every base, every base except Ryerson base. Except Ryerson across right. the street there, huh? I think I was, at, I was at Ryerson back in the day, so I've been at every base. Now, now, young man, how are you doing? How are you dealing with uh, the COVID crisis? Had it, been there, done that. <laughs> you had it, huh? Oh wow. Had no symptoms, no ailments, or anything. Matter of fact, my whole family ended up getting. I think my wife, he, one of my daughters got it first, when my wife got it first. I don't know, but my wife called me. She's in the hospital, and she said, "You need to go get tested." I'm like, "For what?" She said, "Cause they said I have it." I'm like, huh? So I took me and my baby down there, and we got tested. And two days later, checked it, and like, oh, positive. So I told the rest of the family, "I said, y'all need to go get tested." Like, for what? We already know we got it, cause if mom got it and you and Shiva got it, we you know, we all got it. But they end up getting tested anyway, and sure enough, the whole house had it. Ooh, I hope everybody's doing well now. Oh yeah, that was that was back in August. Oh well, that's 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 really good. Now, now you are you're driving every day. Uh, five days a week, I drive Monday. I mean Tuesday through Saturday, and a little overtime every now and then. Like, today I got overtime. Awesome, awesome. So, um. I assume that that you are hopeful that the writing public, and we're going to be talking with uh, Terry White here in a few minutes. Um, he's the general manager of Metro, and he's he's uh, been with Metro for thirty seven years, and and he wanted to make it clear that that everybody needs to be wearing a mask, 
uh, when they're riding yeah. the bus and they need to be social distancing and they need to be doing everything correctly because people like you are uh, at risk every day. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is because it, it you and Eric, I'm, I'm off right now because I'm old and, and stuff, but uh, um, you guys are doing this every day and you're putting your, your health, your family's health at risk. Um, what would you have to say to our, our uh, listeners about being a good writer? Uh, before you step on the bus, please make sure you have your mouth and nose covered with a mask. I mean, you get people, oh, oh, it's in my bag. I'm like, okay, you need to put it on now. Oh, yeah, I'll get it, I'll get it. And they walk to the back of the bus, and you'll see them back there fidgeting. So I'm like, oh, I don't have my mask. You knew you didn't have your mask. It's kind of like people searching their pocket. I asked one guy, I said, I said, what are you searching for? Uh, can I get a free ride? Oh, what you packing your pockets for? You already know you ain't got no money in there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a picker. I pick with people. I mean, in in a in a funny kind of way, I yeah. I, I just I don't know. I I try not to let people slide. I just try to get them aware that you know I know what you're doing. That kind of thing. Well, we we I, appreciate I, I you. you. <laughs> I can tell y'all some more stories. Let me give you oh. one about about the snow. So back oh, yeah. in in eighties, it might have been. Oh, it was nineteen ninety. The snow of nineteen ninety. February 1st, 1990, it snowed real hard. I was a part-timer. Uh, I got, as a part-timer, you know, you can, you can only work a certain amount of hours, so I think I was working four hours a day. Three days straight, I got 16 hours as a part-timer because I, people, buses were stuck on I-90, and I had to go retrieve buses and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, because the, the, the Dispatcher called me. He said, hey, because, uh, hey, I can't remember his name. But he remembered me because I told him my story about being from Ohio and all that. He said, you guys drive in the snow all the time, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, how would you like to make some extra time? I'm like, sure. So they took me out in the the maintenance car. They put the chains on the bus. I drove the bus back to the base. They took me to another one, put chains on, drive back to the base. I did that all day for 16 hours, three days straight. Then it snowed again, March the 1st. Same thing, three days straight, 16 hours as a part-timer. I was loving it. <laughs> yeah, you you were you were in the money there for a couple of days. Yeah, I had some. My checks was like seven hundred dollars. I was like, oh man, this is good. I'm like, man, seven. I'm looking at that now, I'm like seven hundred dollars for real. Of course, I was single, so I mean, seven hundred dollars good. Now that I'm married, and got kids, seven hundred dollars is not going to get it. No, 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 no. And that's and that's why you go to work every day uh, is to take yep. care of your family. And then, and then some more. <laughs> and then some more. <laughs> so what do you now um um if you've been driving for so long you must be kind of nearing retirement is that uh are you gonna go as long as you can um, well i'm, I'm probably good i'm 59 now so I, i'm probably gonna do another 11 years maybe i'm still trying to decide well as long as you're in good health and you're feeling good that's yeah. the important part yes so i get i get what social security at 65, I don't know what that is, what age it is, but I get military pension starting next year. And, you know, it's not going to be that much, but it's more than nothing. So I look forward to that. There may be a time when you're going to, you're going to find, if you do the math, that you may, you'll make more money in retirement than you do driving. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Eric, any, any other thoughts, any other questions you have? Oh gosh, you know, uh, have you sung in a band? 
I sing in the choir. I mean, I used to sing in the choir at church. Matter of fact, I was the, the lead in most of our concerts. We would have eight songs, and I lead. I led at least seven or six of them. But now I probably can't hold a tune. That's why I do snippets of songs. Like Virginia, oh. I say, uh, L is for the way you look at me. I've got love on my mind. Love me tender. I'm in love with a girl. Stop in the name of love. Can't get enough of your love, baby. I love to love you, baby. Looks like another love. TKO. I'm so in love with you. Ladies and gentlemen, just a few snippets of some love songs. But the next stop is Virginia, and Virginia is for lovers. <laughs> Now, do you ever have anybody that goes that's that's in a crabby mood that says, "Why are you singing? Yes, you gotta I stop say, this singing." I, I tell you what, go to Como, Eric Heroes, look up my name, and you'll see a lady on there who just could not stand it. Really? Please, Mister Bus Driver, shut up! Can you please, like, oh, you don't like his singing? No, I don't like his singing. He said, "Would you like me to sing?" I, I don't want anybody to sing. He said, if it was about where we were going, I wouldn't mind. I said to myself, that's what I'm doing. It's about where we're going. But I didn't see all that until after it was over. I, I saw the video after that. And I mean, my daughter called me and she said, Dad, do I need to come up there and beat that lady up? I said, stop, girl. <laughs> I mean, she was not having it. And then another guy got on the bus and he said, he asked me, I asked him, how you doing? He said, oh, and I started laughing. And they he started, they started interviewing him. I mean, it, it if you look at it, you think, Oh, this has got to be a setup. This has got to be phony. But it was, it was, he sat down next to her and they started going at it. He's like, well, I don't think there's nothing wrong there. You know, a marriage going to hell in a basket. He's like, oh, I think a marriage is the greatest place, you know. And they just going back and forth. It was so funny. <laughs> hey, Wallet, that leads me to a question. I'm sure in your career you've been put on a route that's been like a nine to five commuter route before, right? Nine to five commuter route? Yeah. So you'll be basically seeing the, same people every day you're driving to yeah. and from their work. How do you keep the yeah. ride while you're singing fresh and unique each day for that audience? Say that one more time. So for people that ride your bus regularly for work each day of the week, and you know you're going to see them, they know you're they're going to see you, how do you keep your singing fresh and unique each time so it's not like they get burnt out from your singing? Uh, I don't. I tell, as a matter of fact, I got a complaint, and I, the guy was complaining about it. He said, you're saying the same thing every time. I said, well, if you catch you on one of my other routes, you'll hear me say something else. <laughs> <laughs> on the route number five, I got probably 20 complaints. On the route number 11, I got about eight complaints. And some of these complaints from the same people. In fact, I, got a, I got a complaint. I, I got three complaints from one guy, and I'm pretty sure it's the same guy because I can tell the way it was worded. So the third complaint, I read it on the on the mic. I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to tone down my singing because I got a complaint. And I started reading it. And as I was reading, he was in the back of the bus calling in another complaint. <laughs> so I got, I got called. I mean, I didn't know who wrote the complaint. Anything. I was just, you know, telling everybody why I couldn't, you know, sing as much as I was. And so I got called into the chief's office and he said, you can't do that. He said, the, the driver is antagonizing me. I'm like, I don't know who you are. So I got called wow. to the chief's office, and they, you know, wanted to discipline me. You know, he said if you uh, 
get another complaint within the next 12 months, we're going to have to do something. And I'm like, that's crazy. For real? That's crazy. But how many but compliments have you is, got? The thing, the thing, how many compliments? Over yeah. 300. Yeah. There you go. And that's, yeah. that's only in what? Five years time. Actually, See, that's incredible. That four years time. That's the incredible. The thing about it is they took us downtown. It was 10 of us. We went downtown with the Dale Constantine and the King County council and everything. And they had, we had breakfast or brunch or whatever we had. And, they gave us jackets and acclimates and everything. And they, when I got on stage, because it was Tony, Big Tony had over 300 accommodations. So he was the last one. I had over 200. So it went from 50 or from 75 to 100 to 150 to 200 and then 300. And then so the amazing thing, ladies and gentlemen, is of all these people who have done such an amazing job, they said Wallet Underwood has, you know, close to 300 accommodations. And he's only been here three years. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, we were talking about you and the bullpen. The bullpen is a place at the base where while you're waiting to uh, sign in, you get to uh, talk to other drivers. And, and we were talking about yeah, talking you. About, about yeah. me? Oh, yeah. It was like he got 300, in or 300 accommodations. It's like, no, he is. didn't. His, his wife I was sending those in. <laughs> That's what somebody said. Like, his mother's calling in. I said she called him from the grave. That'd be a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people say, "Who you got calling in for you?" I'm like, I don't have anybody calling in for me. I'm just, I'm just me. I, I had, I mean, I had. Okay, they say the neon lights are bright on Broadway, but when you're walking down the street and you ain't had enough to eat. The glitter runs right off and you're on funky, funky Broadway. Oh, yes, you're on the funky, funky Broadway. My posse's on Broadway. And say, say hello, my posse, while you're up there? And give my regards to Broadway. Funky, funky Broadway. Well, young man. my tune because Broadway is getting fixed up. It is a pleasure talking to you today, sir. And, uh, I hope that, uh, as people ride your bus and they, they can, they remember this, this segment that they'll, they'll, um, um, come up and give you, you know, uh, some love and maybe, uh, some money and maybe, uh, stuff like that. Cause I'm not allowed <laughs> to say that, but get you to 3000 compliments. It, indeed. I, indeed. So I, we've been talking with, uh, I retire, I'll probably have a thousand. Yeah, indeed. I'll bet you will. Wallet Underwood has been our, our guest. He's the singing bus driver for King County Metro. And uh, we've really enjoyed having you on. And, and I'd like you to, to continue listening because at the top of the hour, we do a uh, um, rendition of Love Train and we all get up and dance. Uh, <laughs> some of us do. And uh, also coming coming up right after the break, we are going to premiere Eric Paul's um, um, Sunrise on the Mountain of Forests. And there's a really unique style of somebody who voiced it is just dynamic. So anyway, it's amazing. So, so we are we're, we're going to we need to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to set up and, and talk with Eric about his writing and uh, the uh, um, the short story that he did, which is uh, a uh, um, a world premiere. So I hope that you'll stay with us. It's Mr. Underwood. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. 
Thank you, sir. I'm almost late for church. <laughs> okay. Don't miss that. This is KKNW. We'll be back. And welcome back to Martha Norwalk's Animal World, although today is uh, Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, and, and it is the last Sunday of the month, and so we are here. I wanted to present this in a very unique way because I found a lot of people would say, you know, there are 3,000 bus drivers, there are 1,200 buses on the system uh, during a rush hour at any given time, and uh, and the bus drivers are... Oh, just, you know, they're a bus driver. and But there are so many of us that are so talented and do some really interesting and unique things. Um, um, Eric Hall is one of those guys, and uh, he is an author. And um, his writing is really, I think, spectacular. And uh, uh, I've also met an executive from Coke. I've met a manager from Toys R Us. I've met some really interesting and dynamic people who just happened to ride a bus. Well, Wallet was it was a great example of somebody that is, uh, um, you know, he was a boxer. He did a bunch of stuff. He's he really is a dynamic individual, and he happens to be a bus driver. So there's lots of us that do different things. You are a budding superstar rider from my perspective. And so let's talk a little bit about the work that we're going to preview here right now. Talk about uh, Sunrise on the Mountain of Forest. Well, this is a story that came to me while I was driving. And it's one of the reasons why I love being a bus driver is there's so much to see. I was driving up Madison Avenue. Now, for the folks that aren't familiar with Madison, there's a lot of deciduous trees, both on the uh, the north and south of uh, Madison Street. And driving through the year, you know, winter, spring, summer, and fall, you get to see these trees change. And I thought, this is beautiful in its own way. And I got to thinking about it and thinking about it, and pretty soon this story came to me about a tree, the life of a leaf. And that's what brought the story to fruition. View from the driver's seat. And I still can't pronounce deciduous. You did very well. You did very well. The trees sound less evil. <laughs> okay, so we set that up. Now, this is uh, just a short story. It's a kid's story that he's having uh, somebody uh, um, illustrate, and he's going to put it out there. It is, please, please listen to this in its entirety because it really is a cool story and it's got much deeper meaning than than just a simple kid story so uh with that um uh, nathan why don't we go ahead and play this story cabin on the mountain of forests written by eric hall narrated by kevin mcdonald i was very young that winter i spent with grandfather he is a mountain man he'd grown up on the mountain of forests and lived in the cabin his grandfather had built. Its logs were from the trees that stood where the cabin is now. The rocks for the fireplace were from the nearby creek. It used cedar shingles for its roof and larger stones for its foundation. It was built from the earth to live on the earth for generations. My grandfather wanted to share this time with me. He wanted to share the story of the mountain. Tell me in a way that I could see the mountain and be part of it. I loved my grandfather. His kind voice, his kind eyes, and speech helped me understand what he was saying. 
As I sat on his knees, sitting by the fireplace built of stone, warm, soft flames from cut wood, the smell of cedar in the air, frost on the windows, and snow on branches just outside of old glass windows. He spoke softly in my ear, his wrinkled hands on my knee, as he began his story of the mountain. As the story unfolded, wrapped in his arms, I looked at his kind, wrinkled, bearded face. I understood I had a place here. I am part of the story of the Mountain of Forests. Grandfather began his story. He said he calls it Sunrise on the Mountain of Forests. Morning began with quiet in the forest. From the forest floor, looking up, the branches break their embrace of stars as the sky turns from black to blue. The wind will whisper, good morning, and birds sing their praise of another day coming. Hackberry, maple, beech, and elm are just part of the deciduous trees that make up the forest. They speak amongst each other in ways that trees do, silent vibrations that branches and roots understand. The trunks hold these conversations from the years of standing in the sky. Birds praise this winter spring solstice morning. It's the beginning of the season of new leaves. Green is the color of this season. Sunlight warms the branches' tips as it calls for the trees to bud, then to begin their green. Each day they take in the sun. It's time to explore life. Slowly, buds become leaves and begin their day playfully unrolling itself, stretching reaching and embracing each day. It is a time of lessons learned from new friendships, new situations. It's a time of joy. Each new day, the sky sends a breeze as the leaves grow. You can hear the sound from the breeze turn from a whisper to a rustle, and indeed, it sounds like laughter. For the leaves know this is the time of play. The trunk hears the rustle and knows its leaves are learning their life lessons. At the end of the day, they sleep under the stars. Dreams come to them in warmth and comfort of their branch, their trunk, their tree. It's a good time for the trunk as it recognizes that each leaf was chosen well. Now it's time for trunks to share stories from years before them. Leaves use these stories to understand the breeze, the moisture, and the light. They grow as large as they can. No two leaves are the same, and spring rains feed them with Earth's promise that life is never-ending. This is the best time of life. Blue is the color of summer. From their trunk, the leaves have learned the stories from the leaves that came before them. They understand with the breeze and moisture in their veins, they will appreciate the light. The roots have called to them, have shared their story of the earth. They begin to understand their own story of breeze, moisture, and light. They can feel their brothers and sisters of their branch sharing stories with the trunk. They listen, learn. They interact with their brothers, sisters, and friends. This is the time to share what they are learning. Blue is what concerns them now. They extend themselves into the breeze, feeling every moment of every day. 
This is the best time of life. Orange is autumn's color. The early morning breeze sweeps the leaves with chilling certainty that their story is almost complete. It's time to send their stories of the breeze, of the moisture, of the light into the trunk. These stories will make sense to them now, and it's time to share what they've learned with the trunk. With each story sent to the trunk, they turn ever so slightly from green to orange, then brown. They no longer bend with the breeze or take in what it has to say. They are only concerned with their stories from their time in the seasons of green and blue become part of the trunk. They reflect on their lives. They see the good in it. They resist letting go until their story becomes ingrained in his bark. This is the best time of life. White is the color of winter. Mornings are later. Breeze is colder. The sun is now farther away. Leaves are letting go. Now their color is brown as they lay on the earth, becoming food for the roots of the trunk. This is their way of making their story complete. The brown leaves fade and disappear into the earth, and moisture covers them. They look to the sky and see the blue turn to black. It will be silent as stars embrace those branches where it was once green. The leaves last thought. The trunk is a bit taller this year. More stars are embraced. My story is with them now, when the green will be called out again. This is the best time of life. As my grandfather finished his story, my head on his chest, I listened to his breath, his heartbeat. I climbed down, went to the window, and looked out. Large, heavy snowflakes were falling. The sky seemed white. The trees outside seemed black. Branches were covered with snow. It was quiet. As I looked out, I could hear the crackle of the fireplace. An ember snapped and popped out onto the wood plank floor. Grandfather was standing next to me now, looking to the quiet trees. The air was all white and seemed heavy as if there was no sky. It's almost like there's no sky, Grandfather. Yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? Then he softly breathed in through his nose. Then out then he said, One of my favorite things is knowing that the sky's always there. The stars are always there. I reached out to hold his hand. He grasped mine in return and said, This is the best time of life. The end. That is Eric Hall. That I, I just love that story, young man. Man, you do that so well. Thank you, Kevin. Really <laughs> breathtaking the way you do it. Well, I don't know about that, but it's it, you know, it's it's like the the part about uh, when you were uh, well. First of all, let me get uh, Nathan's view. What do you, what do you think, Nathan? Wow, <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> which which either means one of two things. It either <laughs> means that you've 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 uh, gobsmacked him, or he doesn't know what to say because he doesn't want to offend anybody. I mean, with the uh, 
living in the evergreen state and just always having trees around you, it really gives you a nice perspective, I feel like. It, it really does. And what I, what I really liked about it was it is the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle of life that we all go through, whether it be a human, whether it be a, a plant or an animal. And, and if, you can, if you can, at the end of the day, always say, this was the best time of my life, then you've won. That's right. That's right. And the, the story for me came because of how many people that I see out there, like they're in different stages of life all walks of life, any way there is to be human, they're out there. And we see them doing what they're doing. Now, I spent 27 years as an interior designer. And there's something that I learned from both these things. Everything, everybody has a place at every moment. And it's as much about finding that place as it is just accepting that place. And it's easy for people to get caught up in the moment as they're traveling, for instance, like on a bus. And like John Lennon said, life happens while you're thinking about other things. And this is part of the story. This is what makes every moment so great. That is Eric Hall. And he is a writer of note. We're going to work together and, and do some uh, uh, voice work and do some fun stuff. So I so stay tuned for that. This is going to be part of the podcast. We need to take a break for the top of the hour or Nathan's going to kill me. So we're going to go do that right now. And then we're going to we're going to do uh, um, we're going to dance to uh, um, uh, the song <laughs> Love Train and go from there. So um, you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle. And before we go to that, just want to remind people that coming up, it is the Christmas season. So this is the last time uh, or last week, I should say, we'll be playing the Love Train for you Also, if you haven't started dancing yet, now's the time. Get it in and make it count because throughout the entire month of December, We'll be playing the Jingle Cats and Dogs at the top of the hour, so getting some Christmas music sung by our little furry animal friends. So without further ado, let's fire up that love train. Get your dancing shoes on. You can dance in your head. You can dance in your bed. You can dance in your chair. And you can dance anywhere. Don't go away. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.